HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Souther, what's going on, man? Not too much. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's freezing out. <laughs> it's still kind of cold, man. We got to get past this. Yeah, let's it's get not the, cool, man. Let's get. It's, it's not cool. It's cold. Yeah, it, we need to get past winter. Hey, man. I was I was uh, just thinking about the the last episode we did, like a uh, or like a couple weeks ago, like, uh, and we were having that uh, that pale ale from Burlington, Vermont, and yeah, the guys from Archives, yeah. What a cool group of people and also just like vibe that goes on up there, you know? I'm still reeling over the uh, remember I was very I was very up, caught up in the notion of the cost of just having a dude whose job was just to maintain full time main, maintenance for uh maintain video the games. video and arcade games. Like that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole other cost I've never had to worry about. Well, and have a warehouse to store the ones that aren't on the floor. Yeah. But that's you know, a like, lot of money. That's like you know like, But it's Vermont, it's probably like a dollar a foot up there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, great people, cool, cool concept, and uh, they brought us a really cool beer. So yeah. right. they they win. Sour beer. Sour um, beer from Vermont, made just for them, right? What's going on with the the new spot with Honeybee? Honeybee is coming along. Uh, we're, um, you know, uh, the vibe in the space is, uh, you know, like a honky tonk poker room. Uh, we got the, we just installed these cool ceiling fans that have a. Uh, they they're, they look antique. They're not, but they have a you know it's one fan that has a belt. That oh, runs, the, I love the belt. That runs drive, two man. more. Yeah. yeah, so we got two sets of those. One that runs lengthwise of this place, and one that runs over the bar. It always reminds me they're of beautiful like, a bunch of the spots in New Orleans. You know, and uh-huh. then, like also well, in like, the south, like where I grew up. Like yeah. it's it's such a you know because every damn room in your house is going to have a ceiling fan. Yeah, you may as well. And sometimes the front porch too. Hell yeah, um, I I had I had them on my yeah. front. I had two on my front porch. Yeah, uh, yeah. And if you can tie them together, so it's one piece. You know, one one you know piece of equipment that I also like the one sound draw of, of it, electricity. You know? Yeah, they look they just look nice. It's like and it's like a lazy fan kind yeah. of vibe, but it's like it's just got a cool move, sound to moving it. Moving the air a little. It's not really supposed to I get so anxious yeah, when it's set. too quiet, you know? Yeah, oh man. Of course. So we got two sets of those in there. We're just installing the tin ceiling, which is a beautiful contrast to the space. You know, the space is really dark wood. The ceilings are shiny tin. It's gonna be like one of those spots where like you order whiskey and Leave the bottle. You know, I've considered that. Bar. You know, there there was a bar um, that I used to go to in in Williamsburg that did that. Uh, they 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 brought out the bottle, and before they poured anything for you, uh, because it wouldn't always be a new bottle, but before they poured anything for you, they had a ruler, and they would stand the ruler next to the bottle, and they'd write the the number down, uh, and then whenever you gave it back, they bring the ruler over again, and then you paid by the inch. Liquor by the inch, yeah. Man, I think that's a fun idea. I think it's dangerous, but I think it's fun. <laughs> well, I was at uh, Jack Rose a couple weeks ago in D.C. and. They, you know, like every time they, you know, obviously they have a huge uh, spirit collection and a lot of whiskey. It's like, you know, whiskey kind of focused. And um, Jack Rose. every table. It seems odd. Isn't the Jack Rose an apple brandy cocktail? Well, yeah, but they're like really into whiskey. So <laughs> All right, fine. I didn't invent it. Don't chastise. Listen. <laughs> but the uh, the thing that was cool is like I, I was like sitting there at the bar and I was looking around and like everyone had like a bottle of whiskey in front of them. It's a good like look. Like the people next to me had like. 
uh, four rows of single barrel, and I looked down, there was like Willet Reserve, and then I turned around, I look at the tables, and everyone had a whiskey bottle. And it's like like a like a hospitable thing to do, like whenever you're look. making a drink for someone, you put the bottles in front of them, and like so they can see like what you're putting in at the drink, and or if, or if they order a whiskey, you put the bottle of whiskey in front of them so they can look at the bottle. It's just it's a good thing to do, yeah. you know. And I was like, wait a minute, this isn't too far off from. The only difference here is that the cork is in the bottle, right? And you're not pouring it for yourself. But it's not too far off from the same concept of like that old school. Like, I mean, that's the way we try and do it at Amor as well. Uh, you know, when, yeah. when someone orders a, an Amaro that they've never had, uh, we pour for them. And we leave the bottle sitting in front of them if we can. You know, space and 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 the room allowing. Like when we're at when we're at high speed, it's pretty hard for us to do. Yeah, because often we need those bottles. Yeah, like they yeah, want a bottle like, sitting in front of them. I let it sit there for a second. I'm like, here, take a picture, you know, because I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna need this in a sec. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I love that. I love that. And we're 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 looking at doing some cool things like that at Honeybee. We're gonna do um, uh, what we're calling the double barrel uh, Manhattan, uh, which is gonna use uh, two different American whiskeys uh, to make a Manhattan, and then so that's two barrels, right, that they came out of. And then we're gonna have them behind the bar in two barrels, where we're going to draw from one at a time. And when that one's half empty, we move over half and then refill with new. So, I hate to use the word Solera because it's only yeah. two barrels, but it's a two-barrel system like that. So there's our double-barrel Manhattan. We've already started it. Hey, in the I like place. I like things that come in twos. I'm a twin and a Gemini, so you know I'm like, cool with that. Creepy. Don't, uh, don't apologize. <laughs> this is creepy. Whatever. Shut the. Um, yeah. Hey, so like, but going into the spring uh, for an opening, like, yeah. And being like kind of like a saloony whiskey kind of like, assume assuming that you'd be like more like whiskey kind of focused like yep, saloon yep, yep. style, but like going in the spring, like are you gonna have like some like like how are you gonna navigate that? Are you gonna have like some vodka cocktails you know, I, or like I gin don't often quote like, I don't often quote Jeff Bell, but I'm about to strangely <laughs> how odd hey Jeff uh, Jeff said to me when he was talking to to us actually he has a face for about Bertu he does <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he remember his his whiskey Bertu, right? Which uh, sorry, his brandy, his brandy Bertu. <laughs> we're talking about whiskey, but his brandy Bertu. He said, you know, a lot of people think of brandy as like an after dinner drink or or you know winter time or or uh, or those things. And he goes, I don't know why people try and pigeonhole spirits. He goes, go to any bar in New York City, and I guarantee you that their summertime menu's got brandy uh, got bourbon on it. Like, yeah, for sure. So we don't have to pigeonhole it. So what we'll do is we'll just make brighter drinks, right? We'll do sours. We'll do uh, uh, sure. smashes. We'll do highball. We're, oh, oh, the highball. Yeah. I got. Uh, I'll let the secret out right now. I got the uh, Toki highball machine. Oh, you got the, the rebranded uh-huh. as Jim Beam Rye, and I'm going to be making rye balls. Yeah, man. With the with the highball machine. Very good. Thanks, Rosser. Yeah, fucking awesome, man. That's gonna be red. Hey, you know, my favorite time of year to make cocktails is... Is every time of year? Every time of year. <laughs> I mean, so I, I don't really like, you know, I, I, I try to incorporate some of like the winter spices and like fall spices, you know, into things in the spring and in the summertime. Because like if you think about it, like a lot of the, a lot of like tiki drinks, they have like things like cinnamon and nutmeg and like all these things. And mm. you think of those as more like tropical, like warmer weather vibes, but they... They have like some heavy shit going on in them. Yeah, and in time. our in our in our sort of culinary world, those are like yeah, very much more sort of warming spices spices for winter time. But yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they come from places that are hot all the time. And something else I've been really digging lately is like uh, I've been like obviously I work for a gin company, but I've been like really like getting into the idea of like whenever we have our menu flips, I'm always the guy who's like, you know what, I'm gonna take the vodka drink. Because, <laughs> like, I, I've i had a lot of... I think we talked on the show last week with uh, the kids from Vermont about, like, CBD and cocktails. I mm-hmm. actually did, like, a dirty martini variation, a dirty vodka martini variation with CBD. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, if the SLA is listening... This I, was a home I, experiment. I, it was a home experiment. <laughs> but I think today we're going to talk about some vodka, right? We are talking about vodka. We're talking about vodka. We're talking about uh, Iceland. We're talking about... Uh, I don't know. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We've got a great guest in the studio with us, yeah. Trevor Schneider from Reykjavik Vodka. Hey, buddy. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the studio. Thank you guys very much. You are great to have you here. looking smart and dapper as you always do. Thank you, sir. How long have you been wearing that hair that way? Oh, my God. I don't think I, I can't remember a time when you didn't. Yeah, so it's more than a decade, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, Like it, Jill DeGroff did a painting of you she did? at least 
eight years ago. Something like that. And in that, your hair is the same way. Yeah, it's. Uh, Trevor it's, wears it. Trevor wears hair. What do you What do you call this? I, so I mean, it's a top, top knot. knot. It's a go. man bun. It's you know, uh, whatever else. Samurai. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's a product of uh, working in the hospitality industry and obviously having long hair and and not being able to have your hair in in said products that you're serving. Didn't right? never stop, Damon. So, <laughs> yeah, long hair don't care. Long hair don't care. But it's on uh, all your knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> My father had uh, he had a big beard and long hair, but now he's bald. So I figured uh, the beard and you ride it while you can. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying it. Let's put it that way. Good man. Well, yeah. it's all, it's also you know I think uh, uh, the three of us, in fact, all three have kind of a signature thing, right? Uh, you're definitely the hair. Uh, yeah. Damon has both the hair and the beard, and, and then topping it off with a cowboy hat, and then I've got these dumbass red glasses. <laughs> No one, but but no people one recognize that. me, and I'm sure recognize you guys yeah. from those things alone. For sure, and it, you know it means something to have something that's static and that people can rely on. Even though I've definitely got pictures of Damon when he had short hair and no beard. Well, actually, Jill DeGroff did a painting of me from like maybe like ten years ago or so, but I, I did not have a long beard and long hair. But just the hat. She, she, the hat. Was I there. remember the hat. Yeah, that is always there. Yeah, and she she kind of nailed it, man. She's a she's a lovely human being and yeah. A great, great friend of ours. In All this, of us, in yeah. I love her. Yeah, uh, she's the best. Yeah, well, I got to hang out with her a couple of weeks ago down at Francis Schatz's place um, mm. on the twenty fifth of February. Um, so, what is your title? I don't, I don't know what your title is. So, I mean, I know, but I want the audience to know. Well, right. So, I mean, it's a, it's a larger than a life title as far as I'm concerned. But simply put, I'm the national ambassador for Reka Vodka here in the U.S. That's national a, ambassador. Yeah. It's a so, bigger title than what's, you know. But that holds true. I feel like half the time I see you, it's not here. And you I, don't even live here. I don't. I so no seeing longer. you here right now is different. <laughs> it is. I, I no longer live in New York. I was here for a long time, uh, about 15 years. And now I reside in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. North Kakalaki. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Yeah, I've Didn't heard. you live there before? Uh, I lived so? in Durham. Ah, you're in Germany. Okay, yeah, yeah. close, just down the road. Yeah, yeah. Everything in, in the Carolinas is just down. I the would road. say that Charlotte's like the the city that I've been to the most that I've never been to because like I've connected through that airport Layovers, a billion yeah. times. I've slept a lot in those rocking chairs in the airport, <laughs> and I've never actually hung out in Charlotte. And there's that tequila bar in there that's there's got that tequila like bar literally that, thousands of tequilas yeah. in an airport bar. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't I'm, know the name of it, so I'm, I'm sorry I can't plug there, you guys, but, but it's great. I go there when I'm there, <laughs> sit in those rocking chairs and yeah. get a couple of tequilas while I'm waiting on my connecting. It is a great airport. Uh, So what took you down there? So uh, a combination of things, right? Uh, For starters, cost of living, quality of life, change of pace. As I said, I was here for 15 years, and I'm originally from Jersey. I I love it here. It just turned into a place that was more better for me to visit than it was for me to live, based on those previous three things that I mentioned. I mean, I, for the past couple of years, have been really... I love it. I I fucking love New York. Yeah. But man, for the past few years, I've been thinking to myself, what is the best thing about living in New York? And the answer that I keep coming back to is, the best thing about living in New York is being able to look at someone who doesn't live in New York and say to them, yeah, but I live in New York. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Because I think to myself, man, how often do I get to a Broadway show or a a, Yankees game or anything happening at Madison Square Garden? And it's few and far between. But then I have friends come visit for a week and they do all those things in a week. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, maybe if I didn't live here, I'd do more here. I've I've lived here for it's weird. thirteen years and I've never I've never been to the Statue of Liberty. You heard it here first. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but I mean I've been on a boat, like on but a passed by it. <laughs> passed by the, it. The ferry. Like, right. I mean like you know ferry or some, you know, weird boat cruise that some brand took you on. I also have like uh, you know, issues with commitment. So like I and I feel like the Statue of Liberty is like my girlfriend and like that I just can't like get to like attached to, you know? <laughs> I'm starting to feel that way. And myself. I can see her from everywhere. She's always stalking. She's me. always there. She's always there. <laughs> but the uh, but yeah, I I get that. So like because I just recently moved about like uh, six, seven months ago, moved out to California, like part time. So I'm doing the back and forth things. Like whenever I get stressed out in Brooklyn or in New York City in general, I go out to California yep. where it's super chill. And yep. then when I get bored there, I come back to New York. You know, <laughs> very true. Well, that's another yeah. old adage, right? The thing. What's uh, 
live in New York, but leave before it makes you hard. Live in San Francisco, but leave before it makes you soft. Yeah, exactly. So, but, so you're splitting the time and kind of Doing creating it, a, yeah. you're, you're taking uppers and downers at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> Not, yeah, I've been there for a while, I think. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, so like you moved down to, to North Carolina. How long ago was it? Uh, it was August of last year. So I've been there just over a year now. So based on what we were saying before, also with like the, the airport being like a major like connection hub, it must be really easy for you to do like the national brand ambassador work because of the fact that it's right there, right? It, it is. And, and that was kind of on my list. It wasn't in the top three, but being able to connect and being able to, you know, kind of get in and out of all the cities, um, uh, that airport is very conducive to that. So I, I do fly American Airlines, which is that's one of the hubs that's right. down there. So, you know, getting to Florida and getting to Texas and getting to the West Coast, whether it be Seattle, Portland, you know, San Francisco or L.A., it's all almost they're always direct flights and there's always yeah. a plenty throughout the day. Um, that, as you very well know, traveling in our line of work, that's a big selling point, right? Absolutely, yeah. That 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 level of convenience from here. I mean, I lived in Brooklyn the majority of the years that I was here, and it was you know it was kind of in a lot of cases always a coin flip, right? Am I going to do LaGuardia or am I really going to battle JFK? Oof. It was never really Newark, but you know I ended up defaulting on LaGuardia because it was a smaller airport and there were less planes, but all of the connections, as you said earlier, yeah. were through Charlotte in a lot of ways yeah so uh taxing uh when we are honestly looking for whatever is going to be the path of least resistance because then we get on the ground and we do all the work that it is that we do which i'm not quite sure exactly what that is but i do know it's a lot of work yeah it's always a lot <laughs> it's tons yes what were it's you what, what were you doing before you took on this role this, that's a great question. That's, that's why I asked it. So, uh, <laughs> so I was doing kind of uh, similar things. Um, I was working locally with a different company here in a kind of flex uh, ambassador, flex sales, a flex bartender role um, locally here just in Manhattan. And I did that part time. And then I was just kind of either, you know, working in bars or help managing bars or curating menus and, and, and doing the consulting thing uh, in a loose way. But uh, a diehard hospitality guy. Um, you know, lifer, you doing it all your life. So I would say before high school substitute was essentially how I was employed before I fell into the, you know, the bartender world. But I was, I moved to New York to pursue a career in entertainment or acting. And obviously with acting, then comes the hospitality world. And I had a friend who <laughs> worked the door and, and then I went in to see him one day and the manager was like, um, do you bartend? And I said, I barely know how to pour a glass of wine. Uh, which I still think that's a pretty good joke, uh, although it doesn't always get the laughs. But, you know, obviously there's a proper way to pour a glass of wine, which I learned uh, in, in many years of experience. And then that was kind of it, right? Pursuing the acting and trying to make some money and have fun and create an identity. And then, you know, I was bartending at night. And then what ended up happening, I got seduced by the stick. And the stick just really started giving me back, you know, kind of what I was yearning for in pursuing acting, which was not only friends and community, but obviously money and learning and growth and, and creativity and, and a stage to perform. And, sure. And yeah. That, and that and was some pretty instant gratification, some applause, if you will. Yes. A hundred percent. And, you know, when you're going and auditioning and you're you're kind of just like, you know, don't call us, we'll call you after a while. Uh, the person that I am. Uh, which is a huge energy person, that stuff weighs on you. And, and, and to your point, so there the, the instant gratification was something that obviously in some ways people would say, you know, you get hooked and it becomes a part of you. And, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then, like you said, the creativity, right? Creating drinks, uh, creating an experience with guests that in a lot of ways don't live here, uh, that are here for work or they're here visiting. And, and I, and I really got enamored with that and really enjoyed that thoroughly. And then, you know, like I said before, you know, kind of being a, a, a life to serve, right? Whatever yeah. that means. And I've rolled that into this role, which is the ambassador role, which is in a lot of ways, we wear a lot of hats and, and you're constantly still providing hospitality. But uh, now all of a sudden the locations are always changing. The people are always changing. All of that stuff now is, is making you stay sharper and stay on top of things. And, and, and obviously diversity and, 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 and the country and, and outside of the country, all of it, it just continues to get better and better and better. Absolutely. I love it. I think there's a there's a huge, you know, the the, the uh, something you didn't mention like so much is that, 
like throughout this creativity and like the 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 stage and everything. There's like just like passion, like like yeah. when you meet like drive you, you something think, that drives you. And like I feel like the you know like being in this industry, like I, I got I got personally like I got so like just enthralled in like just like the history and like the process and like the creativity and thing. Yeah. But like I've like I kind of stayed because of like all the people that yeah. I've like met, and, like. I'm just like that share the same passion you know it's like whenever like when you're acting because I, I was acting for a while sure. back in the day when I was a youngin you know <laughs> um, but I I, I kind of like fell into that in kind of the same way that you're saying that you fell into like bartending because of the thing like and all the connections and I just like I stayed in it because of the fact that I was just like I just love being around these people and like yeah. like yeah, it's, learning, an, it's an infectious like, energy. Yeah, and there's always something to learn. Always. Oh, yeah, there's. Absolutely. I mean, the learning never stops, right? The yeah. the reality is, is that as much as I think, in a lot of ways, I'd like to think that I know a ton, which I do. There's a ton out there that I do not know, and sure. I'm always very, very captivated to meet people like yourselves and and all of our friends out there that are constantly having that drive and that passion to educate people yeah. on on whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, whether Absolutely. it's the new tool, the new spirit, the new technique, sure. you know, it doesn't matter. You know, we're all in. And, and I think to your point, you know, staying, being enamored with that is, is something that we all share. And, and, and it's yeah. geeky in some senses, but it, it's it is it's it's created a lot of my identity. Yeah, We're all in love, sure. you know, like yeah. that's it. And yeah. like uh, actually what we need to talk about when we come back from this break is uh, I went on the in the spirit of. Spirit Spirits of here. education. <laughs> yes. Um, let's talk about vodka, man, because yeah. like we don't get to talk too much. Pretty on rare this show about vodka. So I, was, I, I, there's was, a lot of stuff that I feel like we need to like discuss. We need to discuss and learn. All right. So right we'll here. be back just in a few moments after we hear from our sponsors, and we'll continue talking in just a moment after we hear from Bernie Lopers. <laughs> Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's Central Coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words, I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Sari Kamen. And I'm Leah Kurtz. And together we host Food Without Borders here on HRN. Immigrants make our food system vibrant, diverse, and delicious. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about how food connects them to their past as we explore what it's like to be an immigrant in the U.S. today. You can find Food Without Borders wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. And we're back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. We're hanging out talking about some vodka today. Um, also, like I, the first half of the show was just that's so fun. I mean, I, no. I, the first half is always the good the good part to me. I feel like the first now we're, half, we're heading into the bad part. Is no, I mean, I just feel like the first part is like, hey, let's get to know each other. Even though most of the time it's people we either know or know of, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm faci- yeah. we, we are facilitating. Our, our listener to get to know our guest, right? Absolutely. And it's like, I, mean, it's I learn like, a lot about people. You know, totally. I think I know someone and then they tell me something and I'm like, holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, the reason why like, I started or, this... Or sometimes, holy shit, that's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> when I started this show, like, eight, nine years ago, yeah. whatever the hell it was. Pushing nine. It's been, a, been a while. Um, I was just like, all right, we're just, we're just talking shop. This is the conversation we've always had. Late night at the bar, mm-hmm. but we just happen to be here in the middle of the day with microphones Mic'd in front up. of us. And, you know, like Souther said, 
There's four people listening. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I think we've gone up to yeah, six. We've, 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 we've doubled. We've almost I doubled. think we're in the double digits now. Yes. Anyway, so like uh, we're talking about Rick Ivaca and... Uh, With our good friend Trevor Schneider. Absolutely. And, uh, well, let's try some real quick. Yes. Cheers. So we Cheers. Got, we got plastic cups today. No clinking sounds on the radio. So, obviously, well, to me, it's obvious that Rick Ivaca is like... It's kind of like the vodka. There's like a few vodkas that are in all the cocktail bars, and this is one of them. Yeah. You know, and I, I was just wondering, like, we could talk about, like, a billion, there's a billion things to talk about, like, in, as far as the realm uh, of, like, vodka and, and cocktails goes, but, like, I'm, I'm just, I've always been very curious about this brand because, like, I mean, I carry it, but I, I'm wondering, like, how it became such a... Like a like a like, a, like it has its like foothold in all these cocktail bars, you know. Like I like, you know, like Tito's. Well, I think I think Absolutes and Rica. They're like yeah. they're the ones you see in every. Like, I, cocktail I think bar. the question that I have is similar to what you're trying to ask here, which is, um, which I don't even know what the fuck I'm trying to ask. I th- actually, <laughs> I, right. Well, I feel like there like why there, and there's, how? there's an abundance and, an abundance of vodkas available, like just a mm-hmm. metric shit ton, yeah. right? How come you're right? Those three that you just named are the ones that you see when you go to an actual craft cocktail bar. What is it that makes your vodka say say to a craft bartender, if I'm going to carry one, I'm going to carry this one? So I think, you know, it's 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 a great question. And, you know, there's a there's a large array of responses, I think. But I'll, I'll try to field it as best that I can. I think to your first point, I think that Reka is one of those vodkas in the behemoth of a category, as you said, other that that, uh, I mean, tons and tons and tons of opportunity, uh, options. Um, uh, vodka has great stories, right? You know, uh, where your water comes from, uh, what you're filtering through, what's the still, you know, we can talk about all those things from a sciencey geeky, you know, standpoint as I push my glasses up on my face. Um, <laughs> we're all nerds. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, so I think that it, Reka brings something that's very unique. Obviously, uh, in vodka, more than 60% and not just Reka, but it's the water source that you use. So uh, we have arguably some of the purest water in the world. I've been to Iceland. The water it's, there is crazy. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, like right? Like, it's ridiculously delicious. Yeah. It's, like, even at just a restaurant or whatever, and they pour you water, you're like, whoa. It's, it's one of those things where I would I completely agree, but it's wherever you go to have whatever that local thing is, it's so much better to enjoy it there. Sure. Right? Like rosé yeah, in the south of like, France. And, you know. You, or rosé at Bacchanal in New yeah. Orleans. <laughs> right. I mean, that, that's that is from, right? That's a spiritual thing that has happened down there in Bacchanal. Absolutely. It's like drinking yeah. chartreuse yes. in like southern France or yes. like, you know, having Laurent. like. So, so with that being said, you know, uh, our water, the glacial water, it, it really is incredible. But then, you know, we have a thing that we say it's made of Iceland, right? And the large component is that obviously it's the water, but then we use the lava rock as our filtration mechanism and our still is powered by geothermal energy. So we truly are made of Iceland in that respect. And we use a very unique still, which is a Carter head still, which originally is made to produce gin. As you very right. well know, we use it in our Hendrix process as well. Uh, we selected this because, uh, you know, uh, Iceland has a charmingly offbeat sense of humor. And we figured we'd make vodka with a still that was made to produce gin. So I think that is a little bit about Reka. And then kind of to go again to answer why it's one of the three or when you see the cocktail hold. Um, I think that, you know, uh, the, my predecessor was in the cocktail uh, world. And so a little bit of that has certainly been an influence. I would say that our, you know, like our community, right, I leaded towards or lended towards the mixology or at least the bartender, the hospitality kind of people. So making those relationships is definitely something that, as we all know, is paramount in terms of uh, whatever, right? Whether it be a spirit, whether it be, you know, a, a program, a party, whatever it is that you're doing. So I think I feel very fortunate, speaking on behalf of Reka, to have that level of impact on you guys and, and a lot of people, obviously, out there, the listeners that see the brand as being absolutely darling uh, for what it is and, and getting the love and the, the support that we get. I, I just so like I, I, I love this vodka. Thank you. I, and 
I just like so like I guess like what gets me sometimes, and this is not like a gotcha moment. I'm not trying to like do anything like that, but like I'm kind of interested by the fact that like what you just said, which I think is a very lovely sentiment, like the fact that like you kind of like focused on the craft cocktail bars and craft spirits places, like why is this different? In the way, like another friend of ours, friend of the show, mm-hmm. Simon Ford, was on like a month ago or Love so. Love Simon. Love him to Love death. Love Simon. And we were talking about the 86 company mm-hmm. and like the Ellsbury Duck and like how they're basically like reformatting the, the program for the distillery where it's now going to be called it was the, the Forge Gin Company. Forge Gin Company, yeah. Yeah, it's not the 86 company anymore. So they're like stripping back on uh, the other spirits they had in their thing. But they'll. The, the thing is, like, they were focused so hard on being the, kind of the, the same mix, thing. Like, very like, mixology forward yeah, or bartender yeah. forward and, and being that brand, right? Being that portfolio. And, and Do you think and, it's because they spread themselves a little too thin maybe or something like that? Because, like, obviously, Rick is, like, its own thing. That's and it. And that's just yeah. what you do. That's it, yeah. There's no any, like, there's no, like, flavored nope. variations or anything like that, right? No, and so like, there's no plan to do any of those things. I think that... That's very refreshing to know. Huge, yeah, right? Is. Huge. And and that's been something that's been since my first day four and a half years ago, because that was one of my questions coming in, obviously being a little skeptical sure. as to the category yeah. as a whole and saying, well, where are we going, right? And and one of the things that I was very in love with was the science of Reka. And, and I think that in a lot of ways, obviously, all brands have stories. And, and you know, that's where in, in a lot of ways we lean towards more of one than the other. I think the story that you were saying Simon had and all of his partners for creating 86 was very much like creating something for also, us. Also, just for the record, we're not we're not saying that like one's better than the other. No, right. We're, obviously. This yeah, is we're this neutral. is more about like the, this is the conversation of the yeah. actual like production and like the business, you know? Yeah. Right. So again, if I could speculate, Simon, uh, you know, the reality is, is that Ford's was very, they Ford's was the brand, right? He, oh yeah. From the get go, for f- sure. Right from day one. For, like Ford's and, and like, I feel like Cabeza. Cabeza, like, yeah. And then like, they were, they were like, all right, they, they had this really like, big idea mm-hmm. which is beautiful yeah and like actually we have some of the like crazy reserve cabeza back here if you want to try some yeah but uh like it's like i don't know there's like i was talking with tito back in the day like this is like maybe a decade ago yeah i was down there outside of austin you know like if you go past the uh the airport where it's like original distillery it was and like we're like shooting guns and like riding dirt bikes and drinking like <laughs> vodka right at the still and stuff and he's like, dude, what do you think about me like doing like uh he's like the the brand's blowing up, all this stuff. And he was like, What do you think about me doing uh flavored vodkas? And I was like, Don't fucking do that. If you're gonna do anything, like play up the fucking Texas game. Like, because a lot of people find that to be like appealing. And I was like, if you're gonna do anything, do a hundred proof, do a black label hundred proof Tito's, and that's it. You know, you're not even changing the fucking distillate, you're just like making it more Hope. Badass, <laughs> you know, and like, sure. and he was like, "All right, all right, I'm gonna take the consideration." He never did it, but yeah. but he the also thing never is, made like, flavor, right? But he's like, like Tito's has always stayed with the the thing that they do. It's the thing I like about Maker's Mark too. It's like it's always been like, I mean, outside of 46, like Maker's Mark, you know, they they've always been doing the same thing, and like it's something like kind of like steadfast and true, and like something that's reliable, you know. Yep. And consistent, right? Consistent. And that was yeah. that was some of the root of why I originally asked whether they were going to do flavors. And in a big way, right, it, it obviously falls uh, under the William Grant portfolio. So it, it's our vodka play, right? It becomes, you know, you know somebody else walks in and, and maybe talks about the whiskey or, or Hendrix or, you know, one of the other brands in the portfolio. And then, you know, a lot of people, as you guys know, a lot of people drink vodka. So it's like, would well, you guys have a vodka? A lot of people drink vodka. Tons. You heard it here first yeah. from Trevor <laughs> Schneider. Apparently, you can quote me. <laughs> apparently, a lot of people drink vodka. Tons, mm. tons and tons. But, you know, uh, it's it's one of those things that I think... There is a there is a genuine there is a, a relatable story with Reka. I think that our our uh, employees at William Grant and Sons, uh, our commercial team, our marketing team, everybody is very much they're in love with the brand, and that's infectious, right? And uh, and and that then spreads. Yeah. And and for me, right, I take a lot of pride, and I'm very proud to have been on the brand for as long as I have, 
And, you know, I think that in our business, that consistency that you were talking about is something that is paramount and it, and it does change, you know, it, it changes people's perspectives. It does. And that's a, uh, speaking of that, that is a long time. Four and a half years as a brand ambassador is a, is a long run. It's so I guess it's a, it's a job that burns people and I'm doing air quotes, but I guess the the it's three to five years usually. Okay. So with, you're pushing with, towards so the end. So I'm getting there. Right. But it's, I, I love it. I, I think it's great. I think, you know, it, it requires a tremendous amount of, um, it's very demanding in ways that I think that we never would have thought of in the beginning. And, you know, initially after I left bartending in, you know, New York, it was kind of that situation of like, have I made the mistake? But also, you, you you started this job in New York. Hundred percent. The thing is, like, the thing about living and working in New York is like you have to have thick motherfucking skin. Like, huge, you know. And so, like that, like really, like sets you up for any place that you move to, say Charlotte, say like San Francisco. Hundred percent. Like you, you come here, you work your ass off. People always ask me all the time. They're like, "How do you do like a radio show, own a bar, brand ambassador, like do cocktail writing, like all this stuff?" I'm like. It's fucking New York City. We're all doing the same hustle. shit. Like we're the hustling. Hustle. The hustle is real. So like, but then you take that with you, like now everywhere you like, go. Yeah. Let's talk about. I, I would love to talk about. Um, man, there's so many things I want to talk about. Like th- we don't get to talk to people in the vodka world very often. So like, I'm really excited to talk about this. Like yeah. for something so simple as a distillate, it's a very complex conversation. There's a lot to talk about. Everybody's you know, got like, something to say always. Oh, about yeah. vodka, always. Yeah, like you were saying, only a few people drink it. I've been known to say a few things. <laughs> yeah, I've, <laughs> about I've never everything. heard this from about me. everything. <laughs> but like, so the like when you're out there in the field mm-hmm. and you're you're in a lot of cocktail bars. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're you're in a lot of bars, you know, because like that it, vodka is a very popular spirit, obviously. But like whenever you go to do like staff trainings or like menu development like what's what's your take like how do you like approach that like as far as like how do you approach it and how well are you received like yeah because like because to me like like i said before at the top of the show like i love like going in like every season and being like i'm taking the vodka drink because what i want to do it it's like you got to showcase the spirit but at the same time you you got to make it like you got to throw in like cer- certain curveballs to like make it like you know cuz like essentially you know it's like the most pure like distillate mm-hmm. of a a grain or a grape or like, it's the most pure distillate you know so like there it has like the the thing the product that you worked on to distill you want that purity so you don't want to muddy up the cocktail too much with a bunch of other ingredients, but you still want to make it interesting and like kind of like showcase it. So like to me, like that's where like that's where I get excited. Like back in the day, like fifteen years ago or whatever, like there was like kind of like a pushback on vodka, you know, in the cocktail community because it was like it, it basically like it the flavors are so delicate that it wasn't something that you could like play off of like if you did like a gin gimlet versus vodka gimlet you know like you can still get the gin mm-hmm. in the gimlet but then like with the vodka it kind of like it gets overpowered by the sugar and the lime right mm-hmm. so like to me like i find it as and i we we don't call ourselves this but like in the mixology community like i'm always like intrigued by doing the vodka cocktail to it challenges me yeah. you know what i mean yeah so like like even in like a Moscow Mule, I feel like the 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 ginger is like you got to like be careful with it because yeah. you still want to like get to the base of like what the spirit is and like understand it and be able to taste it and like certain ingredients like if you're if it's too citrus heavy then like it might like ruin the mouthfeel from like the actual like cleanliness of like the the vodka itself. You know what I mean? Like I get you, man. So like that's, I mean, that's why like to me like I'll go back on two quotes one one is from uh, somebody else and one's from me. Uh, Uedasan, come see me at my bar. Tell me I sent you. That's my quote. Yes, Uedasan <laughs> said. Uh, uh, Uedasan said, uh, "Vodka is a celebration of the mixer." Yeah, and I've always said, for me, food is the mixer for vodka. Yeah, like I like just frosty cold, undiluted, chilled vodka yeah. with oysters with. Yeah. Raw seafood, a seafood platter. Yeah, we haven't even talked with, about that yet. With like, foie gras, with yeah. a bag of salt and vinegar potato chips. Like, there's kind of nothing better. 
right? Yeah. So yeah. let's talk. Let's let so, Trevor get in there. And tell yeah. Us so about. you know, I think the the first question that you had, which was how do you know you approach it in terms of uh, staff trainings and um, you know uh, just kind of getting bartenders involved with cocktail creation. I, I'm very similar to you. I, I because I was around when vodka was not the the thing, right? Yeah. In our world, in our community. Um, and and um, whatever. My mother was a vodka drinker. I always liked vodka. I wasn't a number one fan for it back in the day, but I always appreciated it being, you know, a tool in the, you know, proverbial shed to then go out there and task people for happiness. So one of the things that I like to try and encourage uh, with creation or, you know, like you said, you pick the vodka cocktail for a menu is that it's a blank canvas in some ways and it's time for you to then showcase the spirit and not muddy it up like you said and have the ability to then paint this picture or take the customer on this journey with the other ingredients to your point so they're about you know it being you know the the complement to making or celebrating the the mixer right i think that in a big way in this country, vodka has had a lot of history since the 50s and, 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 and not to take anything away from gin because gin was the hero before. And then obviously trends change. And, and there's, a, there's a bunch of reasons we can sit here and talk about all the reasons as to why. I will just say like two things, right? Obviously the Moscow Mule, which you said, which was orchestrated by a specific vodka here in the U.S. And then obviously James Bond, <coughs> you know. No. So with James Bond, and lastly, I'll close it out with, the, you know, one of the later ones was obviously Sex in the City and the Cosmopolitan. So it's always been a kind of a category that is then influenced by outside sources. And in some cases in our community, it was kind of, you know, uh, not really so well received. And uh, I pride myself in, you know, relishing in all of that, right? I love to steal gin drinks because they're great drinks. And in most cases, I would prefer the gin drink over the vodka drink, but it does make a great drink that then will maybe get somebody to taste gin, which yeah. I like. So it becomes that segue kind of a thing where, oh, this is a South Side with vodka. You should try a South Side with gin because that's what it was originally made with. And, you know, there's a bunch of drinks that are like that from the martini and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I feel like there's, you know, like... I think we we touched on it earlier in the show about like the situational drinking and and dining, you know, like if you're if you're having and you you'd mentioned food and like the pairing, like like if you do, what's up? Uh, <laughs> we got some spectators here at the station. Um, if you if you're having like a bunch of like eccentric like caviar, you know, or you know like. That's what this like, was built for. Yeah. yeah. Or like pickles or like pickled fish. Or let's like, even like, go, you know, to Iceland if you're eating, yeah. uh, you know, that uh, fermented, fermented shark. shark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. And which we did when we I was in Iceland. Me and Max went over there a couple years ago. And yeah, like it's the brisk air. It's the crispness of the, yeah. you know, the place. And so clean. This is the kind of thing that you like. It, it's terroir driven like wine. Exactly. Yeah. And also, you know what? I've realized like as I get older and I'm fucking old as hell now and i'm like i'm just waiting for my hair to turn white so i can be like gandalf but like that's all i want man like i want to be like a leon russell like gandalf sort of dude i'm working on it but like the thing is like you know how much like when i was younger i used to drink so much red wine and then like and then i started drinking like really light white wines just because i like the really delicate nature of them sure and it's like they're like, it's everything's a think piece, right? You're like it's something to like ponder on. But like, I really like super super delicate white wines these days. And like, also, I at the same time I started like, gun like going back to like drinking like vodka. Yeah. But like chilled ass vodka. And maybe it's because I've been eating a lot of caviar lately. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. Just you know, <laughs> we live like millionaires. Yeah. yeah. Aiden. I had dinner at La Berna Den a couple weeks ago. It's amazing. <laughs> we make no money, but we're trying to live like millions. Man. But like, but I I love it in like the the way that it's just like the the situational like occasional like vibes, you know, like where like like I own an oyster bar. I don't eat oysters every day, but you know what? Like I fucking chilled vodka with some oysters. Like it's like perfect. Everything's just 
crisp and clean and cold. You know, it's like I love that. You know, you go to you go to um, a lot of places in New York. They have the seafood towers, and they have like an upcharge to get like four shots of chilled vodka on top, like in the ice, in the like ice, on the top. Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. Like I love that. It's so makes so much sense to me. Yeah, it's the best. Um, I'm like, how are you enjoying the gig? You love it, right? So, oh, he's, I just, he's going around round two. Bottle, round two. Uh, I, I love the job, right? It, it certainly has evolved for me in, in the four and a half years that I've been in the position. And I think that um, it, it, it's with age, right? It's like being behind the bar. You, you realize um, what's demanded of and, and, and how you better help the team. Uh, it's not just, you know, it's never about me. I know that this is the only brand, but, you know, I will accept on behalf of a lot. There's a lot of people behind this that really are out there pounding the pavement as much as yeah. I am, if not more. So, you know, it is challenging and getting older to your point as well. And I love the Gandalf. I'm all for it, man. <laughs> I, you know, um, well, you've got some white in your beard. I, do, too. I definitely do, man. And it's, it's just, it seems like it's multiplying by the day and I'm not opposed to it. My, let's put it this way. I have more gray hair than my father. Uh, I won't ask him to show why or how, but that's that's a but, whole nother. But did he live in New York before? He didn't. He exactly. Was, that's he, the yeah. difference. He didn't. That's he why didn't. you have it. <laughs> well, they were opposed to it as well, but that's a whole different podcast, essentially. <laughs> um, but no, so yeah, I, the gig is great. It is it is, it is evolving and changing and, and, and definitely puts a strain, as we all know, on, on personal life. No different than working in hospitality does, period. So imagine that, you know, and then obviously traveling close to 200 days a year. Um, that's a lot, you know, and it, it's demanding not only on, uh, you know, a person, but on a family and, and, and on friends and, and all those things. But I, I love this, and, and we made a reference to the timing of it, and I am towards the end of it, but I would like to think that I have a tremendous amount of energy, and I'm still very much present and very much much then, you know, in the hun and the passion is still very much there. So I, I'm just trying to figure out how that all continues to work so that I'm delivering the, the performance that I should be as the lead person for Reka. And then, you know, obviously keeping it new and creative and, mm. and, and keeping it up with our community, which in a lot of ways, you know, as much as we are all spread out, a lot of us are the same. So, you know, keeping that new and keeping that interesting is, I think, uh, is, is something that I am constantly always forward thinking and trying to make it, you know, yeah. fun. If I hear Leo, like, tell me about like, hey, man, you just can't keep flying around the United States and doing the same things man people are gonna get bored and i was like you know what at first i was like man shut up and then i was like you raise a really valid point i, I disagree you're, you're not you're not you're not in front of the same audience every time it's a that, new it's a new group true. you know every that's true uh, every single day every single day a there's people. a lot of people turning 21 yeah, i'm right <laughs> so you got a new audience every single day and i say to my wife right like the reality is is that i'm more comfortable around people that I don't know most of the time because I'm more in rooms where you don't know all the people yeah. than usually, and I'm working on it, but then people that I actually do know yeah. and that know me. And that's something that you get, you know, like throughout spending time. It's no different than getting behind the bar, especially here in New York. You have a whole different, you may have regular customers, but the reality is, is that in most places you work, you have a whole new different audience every shift yep. and, yeah. and maybe a couple times throughout the shift, depending on where you work, which, you know, I was always very happy and very excited to be a part of. Yeah. It works with my attention span as well. <laughs> I think that's how it works for a lot of us. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, I, I, I was just thinking that like, man, we've been, we've been sitting here for like almost an hour and dang, I feel like we need to. You got to come back, man. Yeah, please come back to Let's the show. Let's do it. Like, yeah, I, we would love to have you back. I'm in. Um, really fun talking with you about everything. Like the thing is, uh, and I want to say this to like our listeners out there. It's like it. It is like it is a vodka that you will find at like all your favorite cocktail bars, and and you should definitely try it. And you know, in its pure form, and trying cocktails, it's great. It's great stuff. Um, and hopefully you get to run into some of these people at those bars and, uh, get to talk with them in person about it. My, my favorite thing about doing this show is getting to learn, you know, like we, we've talked about this before, obviously, Southern, you know, and, and a lot of us have, you know, like we, we can never know it all. And if it were, if we were in a business where we could know it all, we'd be fucking bored as shit. We'd be in the wrong and business. So we'd be in the wrong business, right? Yeah. So, like having guests like you on the show today is like it's a it's a 
real pleasure and and it's very exciting and it, it it's inspiring honestly yeah man you know like being able to uh to learn and, and continue to to well, just meet and hang out with awesome people it's, it's yeah plus you know you definitely best. bring a lot of great energy to the room thank you uh, any room I've ever seen you in, by the way, which is a lot. I see you all over the place. <laughs> Thank, we, you. Thank you. Thank you. Know, when we travel, we go to the same conferences, et cetera, and I yeah. always see you hanging around doing something. Doing it. Uh, Trevor, really great to have you on the show uh, talking about Rake of Vodka. Do you guys got an Instagram or anything like that? Well, yes. We have. So Rake of Vodka is our Instagram. And then my Instagram, selfishly, Humber Plug, is Cocktail Ninja. Cocktail Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> on Instagram and Rake of Vodka, which is R E Y K A. Uh, on Instagram can be found as well. Yes, uh, look forward at your favorite cocktail bar uh, and at your favorite retail store. Um, and really, man, thanks again for being on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thank you. Before we shut it down one more time, I'm going to continue to keep plugging away for Chris Reed, our buddy yeah, over at Bargoto, uh, who uh, was diagnosed about a year ago with ALS and soon to, uh, the disease is soon to rob him of his ability to do his job, uh, and he's going to need some funding. we got a GoFundMe set up. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, raising money for Chris Reed at Bargoto. You can find it on the GoFundMe page. Uh, also, take a look at the Speakeasy um, podcast uh, Instagram and Twitter, and I'll post the links on there as well. But uh, you know, we're trying to take care of one of our own. So if you got a, even a dollar, donate to Chris; he'll be very happy to get that from you. Thank Absolutely. You. And you know, the, the uh, just go. Also, outside of that, just go by and see him. Yeah. Oh man, he he loves that. Yeah. We all we all him. love that, but yeah. you know, his time is is running short, so he's wanting to squeeze in as many visits and hugs as he can. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it for the speakeasy this week. Yeah. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank, Thank you for you. bringing your awesome product. Thank you. And uh, until next week, we'll see you then. And oh, well, before we sign off, go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the bidding heart to donate to the stations so yeah. we can actually continue to do this show and many others like this one. But until next week, cheers, y'all. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock Want more of the Speakeasy? Follow us and ask questions on Instagram at Speakeasy Podcast or on Twitter at Speakeasy Radio. You can find Damon at Damon Bolte, and you can find me at Creative Drunk on all platforms. Take a moment to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform and give us a star rating, five if possible. If you're visiting New York City or a resident, stop by the studio and hang out with us during an episode. Reach out beforehand to make sure we'll be here. We'd love to see you. And please support our show by visiting HeritageRadioNetwork.org and clicking on the beating heart to donate. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.